Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. For more information about our church, you can visit us at EncounterChurch.today or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search eChurchBR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. Man, I'm so excited about the series At The Movies, ATM, At The Movies, because I think it's really amazing what we're going to see around us and what there is around us if we'll just look. I, I believe this, there's practical life lessons that we can learn in many things, in many areas of life. Even in movies, we can learn some things, some not so good things, but some great things. And I believe this, God can use unlimited means to speak to each and every one of us. And this month, we're going to see that through some great Christmas movies. In our household, this is probably one of our favorites, The Grinch That Stole Christmas. It's the one that we like to watch every year. It's our yearly watch that we'll sit down. Elf is another one that we really enjoy. But we've got some great movies for every one of you. Next Sunday, It's a Wonderful Life. Anyone know that one? Come on. They've made it color now. It used to be just black and white. And, and then we're going to be having Elf. We're going to be doing Rudolph. We're going to be doing Polar Express. It's just going to be really, really a fun month. And we're asking every one of you, when you leave today, grab a couple of tickets. We've got some tickets for you to hand out to people and say, invite all your friends and everyone you can, because they may not come to church, but they'll come to the movies with you. And so what a great opportunity to bring them. And I know on the bottom ticket, it says that you can have a specialty drink from our cafe. Actually, the machine is broken, so we're not going to be operational till January. So what you can do is just hold on to the bottom of that, and in January, we will redeem all of those. But for everyone who brings someone, come on, there's a free specialty drink, cappuccino, a froco or whatever, and it's available for that. So please, get the word out. Who's got some people that you want to come to the movies with you? Amen. Well, bring them along and get them in the house. So here's my message today. Are you ready? How? How can we find Jesus in the Grinch? Well, here's the message today. There's a Grinch in every one of our worlds. There's someone that we know that's a Grinch in our world and or, hold on a second, there could be a Grinch inside of you too. So there's a Grinch in the world, but perhaps there's a Grinch in us. So others and you, say that with me, others, others and you. So what is Christmas? What is Christmas? Christmas is not really a whole lot about what it's become now. Because what was the true purpose and meaning for Christmas when Christ was born? It was more than just Him being born, wasn't it? What did the angels come and tell Mary? A Savior was going to come. Then the angels had to visit Joseph because he's kind of freaked out about it all because Mary says, I know we haven't been together, but we're going to have a kid, Joseph. He's like, what, 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 what's going on? But the angel comes to Joseph, and look what the angel says to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. The angel says, look, the virgin will conceive. Mary is with child. She's going to give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel. Say that with me, Emmanuel, which means God with us. I love that. The meaning of Christmas is the fact that God came to this world to be with us. We don't serve a distant God. We don't serve a God who's out of reach, but we serve a God of love who came down to live amongst us, to live even within us. A God that knows our pain. A God that knows our hearts and the struggles. In fact, He came to face the same life that you and I live, but to be our Savior and champion. Look at the scripture, Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a God, a high priest, Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, the struggles that we're in, the hurts that we're in, the pains. Why? Because he was in all points tempted as we are. He went through it. He faced it. But the difference with him to us is this. He didn't sin. He had no sin, so he could be the savior for each and every one of us. Remember the angels on the hillside. What did they say? Peace on peace on earth. And do you know that while Jesus lived on this earth, there were no wars? There was no fighting. There was literal peace while his feet were here present 
on this earth. So as children of God, what are we called to do? We're called to bring love. Emmanuel, show God who's with us and bring peace to our world, to those who are hurting, to those who are disappointed. Come on, to the Grinches of this world. And to others in their pains and disappointment. Romans 12, 18, it says this, and if possible, one translation says, do all you can as far as it depends on you to live at peace with everyone. To live at peace, in peace with others and yourself. A lot of people aren't at peace in themselves, never mind with other people. Anyone know some people who are not so peaceful in your life? Some Grinches, some hard to love people. But what are we called to do? God has called us to reach out to the Grinch. Reach out to those who are hurting. Reach out to those who are pain. To bring peace and to give comfort. And that's a challenge because you know that person. Anyone know that person? You, you, you know when you say like Grinch, you're like, man, I know that person. Hopefully it's not your spouse. Come on, but you know that person. Every one of us right now, though, I believe can identify with the fact that we know someone who's probably in hurt and in pain right now and struggling. The Bible speaks of the story of a good Samaritan. And that was a joke in itself because the racial tension of that day, the Samaritans and the Jews hated each other. So when Jesus said a good Samaritan, that was like, what? They couldn't get that. But Jesus tells a story of someone who didn't have to help, but did anyway. And in the story of the Good Samaritan, you see those that should have helped, the priest and the leader, the ones that should have helped, what did they do? They crossed by on the other side. They didn't just keep walking, they crossed over. They passed by on the other side. They didn't want to get involved. They didn't want to get dirty. They didn't want to get inconvenienced. And we've got to be careful because in our lives, if we don't watch, maybe we can pass by on the other side of people who are hurting. Because the easiest action is to do that, isn't it? Just to pass, act like we don't notice them, that we don't see them, that we don't know what's going on without reaching out, ignoring them. You can even justify the reason. I'm too busy. I've got this going on. I've got that going on. But it's amazing if you read the story of the Good Samaritan, he never talked. He just acted. He just did. He went and he brought healing. He did the right thing. I think words are useful, but they're not essential. Because look what Francis of Assisi said. He said, preach the gospel by any means possible. And if needed, what? Use words. Actions speak louder than words. Take a look today. Has everyone given their gifts? I haven't. Merry Christmas, Martha May. Why do you have a bag on your head? Probably because he's embarrassed by that idiot's gift. <laughs> Mr. Grinch, please take the bag off. Yes, you take it off. Put the book down. And your foot. Look at that hat job! Christmas. That was his response. It wasn't really that he hated Christmas, but what he hated was the fact that people had made fun of him, that people didn't see the heart that he had. Maybe his gift was slightly different to everyone else, but he was trying to fit in. Maybe he did cut himself shaven, but he was trying to look the part. He was trying to be special for Cindy Lou. And he worked hard. And he thought he had done a great job, but he was misunderstood. He was hurt. Words have a big impact on people. Our actions, our lives have a big impact on those 
around. You've got to realize this today. There are so many people today that are saying, I hate life. I hate my life. I hate marriage. I hate what they've done to me. I hate my family. I hate my job. I hate. Why? Because there's so much hurt and pain. In fact, I would say this hurt and pain is probably an epidemic right now. In the world of technology and where everything's so simple and a touch of a button, we can have everything and we can connect and we can reach the whole world. People are hurting in greater levels than ever before. People are more lonely, but yet connected, but yet still more lonely than ever before. But yet people now have got good at hiding it. They're they're masking the pain. They're trying to disguise it, acting like everything's okay, but it's really not. Isn't it exhausting to try and give the appearance to everyone that everything's going good in your life? That's exhausting. In fact, I talked to my leaders just this last week and What we talked about was this, don't pretend to be perfect. That would be a good thing, wouldn't it? Don't pretend to try and be perfect because that's how we feel we have to be. We have to hide what's going on. We have to put a big front. We have to be perfect. Everything has to be perfect for people to accept us. If they see our weaknesses, if they see our pains, if they know they won't want to be around us, the pressure, the pressure, the pressure. And it makes times, uh, uh, come on, many times we work so hard to make others think we're perfect. But the truth is this. Are you ready? They know we're not. (laughs) They know you're not. They know that you're not. They know that you're struggling. But yet, what do we do? We still try to hide and mask the pain. But what's the result of the pain? What's the hurt of the rejection? What's the hurt of divorce? What's the hurt or the result of abuse and addiction? What's the result of the hurts that we have in our lives? Take a look. But Dad, I just don't understand something. Why won't anyone talk about the Grinch? Little kids in the Grinch. You see, Sydney, the Grinch is a who who, well, he's actually not a who. He's, he's more of a... A what? Exactly, honey. And he's a what who doesn't like Christmas. Take a look at his mailbox, sweetie. Not a single Christmas card, in or out. Ever. But why? But why? But why? Why does no one reach out to him? Why does no one touch him? Why does no one look to make a difference? You see, the easiest thing to do when we are hurting and in pain is to isolate ourselves. It's easy to pull ourselves away, to convince ourselves that this is a better life and this is the best way to live, because if I don't let anyone in close, then no one's going to know. No one close, no one can hurt me again. But Proverbs 18 verse 1 gives a warning to this, because look what Proverbs 18 verse 1 says. It says, a man who isolates himself will seek his own desire and he will rage against what? All wise judgment. So think about this. In trying to protect ourselves, what are we doing? We're bringing greater harm to our lives. Instead, instead of trying to be, wow, I, I, I'm going to be safe. and I'm gonna, No, we're putting ourselves in an unsafe zone because we're now raging. We're now going against what is sound wisdom and judgment and the decisions and everything that we're making in our lives are worse and worse. Remember, there's a Grinch in our world and or there's a Grinch inside of each and every one of us. And so there's hurt and there's pain. So we've got to watch. Remember, I've said this before. This is what we do. Are you ready? We build up walls of protection that become our walls of bondage. We build up walls. Well, you're never going to hurt me again. I'm never going to suffer. I'm never going to be abused. That's never going to happen to me again. And we feel that we're protected and justified by that. But the only problem with those walls is this. They stop everything. They don't just stop the hurt and the pain. They stop the love. They stop the friendship. They stop people reaching out, wanting to touch and to reach. So we find ourselves living in an invisible prison. That's the worst type of prisons with no bars and walls. That it's an invisible prison. And many times it's out of our own making. Why? Because it's easier that way. And what we label as protection, our castle, our fortress, our protection ends up being our prison of bondage. What we turn to, listen to me, for our freedom ends up becoming a greater problem. 
because now we're raging against all sound judgment. Do you know the Bible's pretty cool? Well, that's like three people agreed with me. I'm glad about that. I said the Bible's pretty cool. And the Bible has great truths for our lives if we'll just listen and apply. I don't need to isolate myself because I'm going to make wrong decisions. That's what the Bible says. So I've got to be around. I've got to reach out. I've got to break through my hurts and pains. I've got to pull those walls down so I can start feeling again and I can be there. Because what's the reason for the seasoning? It's Jesus. And Jesus is who? He's Emmanuel. He's not just an eight pound, six ounce little baby in a manger. He's the reason. He's Emmanuel. He's the answer that has been forgotten. I've got to admit this. I love Christmas. Anyone love Christmas? Absolutely love. Already, it's like December the 2nd. I've probably said 50 times, I love Christmas. I love Christmas. I love, I love the carols. Anyone like the carols? You like singing the carols? Anyone like the crazy sweaters of Christmas? And you can kind of just go and all that. Anyone like the food at Christmas time? Kind of all the candies and the peppermints and all that. Candy canes are pretty cool. Amen? We're going to start an addiction ministry for those on Friday nights. If you're addicted to candy canes, you can come to Crossroads. We've got a, we've got a group for you that we can help you with all of that. But I love Christmas. I even love it when it gets cold. I know you're going to shoot me down, but I love it. Man, I'm sad it's not cold today because I am sweating in this sweater. Come on. I'm living it out. I am sweatering in the sweater. Amen. I was so excited when it was cold this week. So I was like, I've got a sweater for Sunday. And then I'm like 80 degrees. What up? You know, that's not... It's not Christmas. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to post that to all my friends in England and stuff, though, and kind of go, look what's happening here, you know, because they're freezing over there. Mum and dad are freezing right now and serves them right. Amen. They should be here. What can we say? (laughs) But man, there's so much things to enjoy about Christmas. The movies. It just seems like there's a jolly spirit. I, I, I just absolutely love it. But you know what? In how much love I have for Christmas, there are some things about Christmas that I don't like. I don't like everything that Christmas has become, and I'm not trying to be a Scrooge, but I hate happy holidays when it's Merry Christmas. I, 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 I just want to say that, and we can say, oh, that's just another way of saying it. No, that's trying to take the Christ out of Christmas. And so now it's happy holidays. I, I don't like how commercialized it's become, that it's the pressures that it's created, because Christmas today has become about more stuff and more stuff. And it, it gets tough. You're trying to buy stuff for someone that's got everything. And you've got to buy them something else because that's what you've got to do. Do you realize it's amazing that people are actually getting to a place where they dread Christmas? right now because of the gifts, because of the pressures, some people for the loneliness because it's magnified. It can be tough during holiday times. While we're celebrating, it can be tough for other people. And here's what I've learned in life. Are you listening to me today? The wrong focus will always get the wrong results. And we've got to be careful in our lives. What's my life focused in on? What am I looking at? What am I trusting in? What am I believing in for my life? You know, what about the Grinch? What, what about those in the world around us? What about those who are hurting in pain? You see, if my focus is just on me, I'm just going to see my needs without seeing the needs of other people around. And the Bible says in giving, you're going to receive. So as I reach out beyond me, oh, we've all got needs. We've all got things that we're going through in our lives. You think Kelly and I stand up here every Sunday with a perfect life? You don't think we've been attacked this week? You don't think there's struggles? But what are we doing? We're not allowing our hurts and pains to become a fortress or a prison. But we're reaching out. We're touching God. We're believing. We're keeping our focus in on God. And we don't have to look far to realize that there are many people who are hurting. And they need someone, you, just to step up and to go to bat for them. Take a look. Do I hear a nomination? I nominate the Grinch! Huh? <laughs> my, my, my. What an altruistic daughter you have there, Lou. Thank you. Cindy? Let me, uh... Quote a verse from the book of who? Thank you. Ah, the term Grinchy shall apply when Christmas spirit 
is in short supply. Now I ask you, does that sound like our holiday cheermeister? True, Mr. Mayhew. But the Book of Who says this too. No matter how different a Who may appear, he will always be welcome with holiday cheer. Well, yes, but the, the uh, book also says the, uh, the award cannot go to the Grinch because sometimes uh, things get the lead pipe cinch. You made that up. It doesn't say that. Oh, no, 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 it does. <gasps> what page? Ah, <gasps> uh, oops, lost my, uh, my, my place, but it's, <clears throat> it's, it's in here. But the book does say the cheermeister is the one who deserves a backslap or a toast. And it goes to the soul at Christmas who needs it most. And I believe that soul is the Grinch. And if you're the who's I hope you are, you will too. No matter how different a who shall appear, they will always be welcomed with holiday cheer. A backslap and a toast, and it goes to the soul that needs it the most. I wonder who's within your reach that needs it the most. I wonder who it is that needs you to step up for them when other people are looking and judging. But the person that you can say, hold on a second, I'm going to go to bat for them. I, I believe in them. There's something so powerful about when someone believes in you. When someone says, man, I trust in you, that I've got faith in you, wow, it can do something. I remember a young guy sitting second row and he was struggling in his life and, and he was coming to church every week. And, and one Sunday I just went up to him and I said, I'm so proud of you. And he looked at me and he said, why? And he began to cry. He says, how can you be proud of who I am? How can you be proud? And I shared with him, you know what? I'm proud of the fact that you're here. I'm proud of the fact that you keep coming. I'm proud of the fact that God is still able to touch your life, that you haven't given up. Come on, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Here's a word I think that we all need to live by. Empathy. Empathy. I looked it up in the dictionary and the definition that came is, says the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. If I'm going to share the feelings of another, I've got to know what those feelings... I've got to be a part of their world. I can't just kind of come in and out and, and get, because then I'll, I'll get the wrong impression. I won't really know because maybe the wall's up and I don't get... Many times we pass judgment on people and we don't even really know the real situation that's happening in their life. One definition of empathy can be this, walking in their shoes. Come on, have you ever walked in someone else's shoes? I I love this one. This was mine. It's probably somewhere in a dictionary, but this was mine. To enter their world. To enter their world. And I think that's so powerful to be aware of, be sensitive to. I wonder how our world would be if we lived like that. I'm going to change that statement because I'm not going to say if we live like that. I'm going to say it this way. I wonder how different our world will be when we live like that. When we touch other people. When we realize, man, maybe there's a need. Maybe there's a grinch. Maybe there's something beyond why, why are they reacting? Why are they responding in that way? I wonder how different our world. Look at this scripture, Philippians 2 verse 3. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. That's what God is asking from us. That's really not a suggestion. That's a commandment from God. God is saying to us that don't think of yourself and be full of yourself. Come on, be humble and think of others. You can turn around and say, well, man, others are not going to understand. Have you ever had people not understand why you've gone after that person to talk to them? Have you ever been in a place where you don't understand? You're like, God, why are you wanting me to reach out? God, why, why, why God, do you still want to deal with me? Man, I'm a screw up and a mess up. God, why are you still knocking on my door of my heart? God, why are you still coming to my life? Many times you may be thinking you're wasting your time. Someone maybe has told you, you're going after a lost cause there. Just, they're no good. But can I remind you, you are a lost cause. There was a time in your life when you were a lost cause, but you're not lost anymore, are you? You're now a found. You've now found your cause. 
Let me say that again. You were once a lost cause, but now you've found your cause. Why? Because someone pursued you. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis on humility. Look at this. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And Paul says it this way in Acts 20, 24. He says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Really, as a child of God, that needs to be our mandate. That needs to be our verse because it's full of the purpose that God has. You want to know what your purpose is in life? Your purpose is to tell others about God. Your purpose is to share the other gospel. Your purpose is to be Christ-like so you can bring the gospel into everyone's Well, That's why every week we talk about growth track. Be a part. It's the first week of growth track. You can go today at 11 o'clock in the classroom. Four weeks is all we ask. Why? Because we want to help you find your purpose. We want to help you get out of yourself to reach other people. We want you to go beyond the barriers that oh, I can't do that. Oh man, you'd be amazed at what happens when you unlock the potential that God has given you. Why? Because there is nothing beyond our capacity When we reach together and we serve together. And I believe it's so important in our lives, in this holiday season, at Christmas. I believe it's so important for us to go by to any means possible that we can in order to reach someone. Take a look. Mr. Grinch? Mr. Grinch? Hello? you to be holiday cheermeister. Uh, holiday who be what? Cheermeister. Cheermeister. Huh? Celebrate with friend. Listen to this scripture from um, 1 Corinthians 9. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weaknesses. For I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, to do everything I can to save some. I love that. That wherever I'm at, I try to do everything I possibly can to reach one. Reach one. I wonder who's your one. Really, here's what I believe. Are you ready? I believe as a child of God, as a Christian, you should all have a one that you're trying to reach right now. Come on, you should know straight away, that's the one. Uh, I've got this hairdresser girl, she's my one, and I keep saying to her, man, you need to come to church. You need, and I say, man, you need to come to church and get saved so I can go to someone else. That's what I keep telling her. <laughs> but every one of us, we need to have someone that we're sharing the gospel, that we're not afraid to go beyond our comfort zone. Come on, that was scary for Cindy Lou to step out into a place where no one goes and no one's welcomed and no one should be there. But she pushed through because she saw the hurt and she saw the need. Now, in that passage of Scripture, Paul is not talking about compromising your beliefs. He's talking about, though, having empathy with people, going to their level to reach them. So what? So we can lift them up. He's not talking about sinning and going out and doing so we can kind of trick them in. He says we go into their world. We welcome ourselves into their world. What do you mean welcome ourselves? Because they may not always welcome you. So you just got to step into that world. 
And you don't compromise your belief. You don't become like them to reach them. But you empathize. You begin to get to know them. And there's a powerful thing that when we do this, we can think, man, that's just a person I'm touching. The Bible says different. Because look at the scripture from Matthew 25. It says, then the king will say, and he's the king. He says, whatever you did to one of these things, to someone who was overlooked or ignored, that was to me. You did it to me. Come on, we can't keep overlooking and ignoring the Grinches in our world. We can't keep overlooking the hurts and the Grinch inside of each and every one of us. Maybe you're hurting today. Maybe that's you today. You're the one we're talking about, not just the ones that we need to reach. You're the one. I love the vision statement of our church, life, love, purpose. And it starts with life. It has to start with life. Life happens through what? Knowing Jesus. What's the purpose? Why do we do this? Why do we have Christmas at the movies? Why do we decorate all the church? Why do we put all the efforts into everything we do? Why do we have excellent praise and worship? Why do we have great e-kids? Why do we do all these things? Because our goal every week is this, that someone would know Jesus. That someone who's hurting would step in, that they would realize, hold on a second, I may feel alone out there, but I'm certainly not alone. That we would remind them that God still loves them. Come on, we would remind them that what they feel is real, that love, that excitement. Why? Because everyone needs a family. You need a family. I need a family. Everyone needs to belong, to have a place to call home. And that's why our church wants to be an ER for the bloody and broken. You may have someone sitting beside you in the next few weeks that you wouldn't maybe normally want to sit beside. Great, that's what church should all be about. Because we need to reach out to those who are the unlovable. We need to reach out to those who are broken and destitute. And we try to fix them and we try to mend them. No, God's the one that can do that. You couldn't even fix yourself. So how can you fix someone else? But we judge them before we know them. We're not called to judge, we're called to love. We're called to reach. One of the greatest statements I've heard of the church is this, we the church exist for the world. We're saved. If you know Jesus, you're saved, you're okay. So what are we existing for? Not to be a country club, just to stroke your ego every Sunday. We exist so we will see people Come to know Christ. Here's a question for you. When was the last time that you really impacted someone's life? I mean, really, for the gospel. When was the last time you shared your testimony? When was the last time that you reached out and said to someone, you know what, can we just talk? Can we just talk? How can you reach that one? This Christmas time, what an opportunity we have right now. Man, you can invite them to come to church at the movies. That's a great opportunity. Come on, can I take you out for a coffee? Inconvenience yourself. Well, you want to come around us for Christmas dinner? Come and hang out with us because no one should eat alone. Come on, we can look at ways in so many ways that we can touch people's lives. Why? Because who are we reaching? We have to touch that one at Christmas. Take a look. So will you come? Oh, all right. (laughs) I don't know if it's that adorable twinkle in your eye or that nonconformist streak that reminds me of a younger, less hairy me. But you've convinced me. Who knows? This humiliation could change my entire outlook on life. Who knows? Just this moment, this invite, the opportunity that you've given me, the Grinch said, could change my entire outlook on life. Oh, it's just inviting them to church. It's just asking them for a coffee. Who knows? It could change their whole outlook on life. Everything could be different. But there was a major hiccup with the story of the Grinch. Because a life that should have been changed was rejected again. When he came down to Whoville, they rejected him, they laughed at him, they ridiculed him. And it reminded him once again of the hurt and the pain that he had suffered. The reason why he hated Christmas in the first place. 
And that's what Satan loves to do. He loves to remind us of our past. He loves to bring back what we used to be and how we used to act. And, and all. He loves to bombard us with that, reminding us of our pain and, and trying to steal from us the peace and the future that we have. So what does the Grinch do? He has a plan. And his plan is, I'm going to steal Christmas. And he comes down and he steals everything about Christmas. I'll show them. I'll show them. You know, when you think about the gospel message, there's actually three responses to the gospel message. Glad, mad, and sad. Glad, mad, and sad. When you read the Bible, people came to Jesus and they left him either glad, mad, or sad. They were glad because their life was changed. Some left mad because... Wow, I don't want to be a part of it. Some left sad because Jesus said, man, you know, you've got to give everything. You can't just have the best of both worlds. So glad, mad, or sort of sad. Of course, we want the glad. We want everyone to respond in the glad way, but that may not always be the case. It may not always be the case. Because a reaction is what? What is a reaction? A reaction is this, a response to something. Say that with me, a reaction is a response to something. One more time. A reaction is a response to something. Now, the reaction that we want when we reach out to people is, thank you. I'm glad. Wow, that's great. That's awesome. We may not always get what we planned. We may get some people say, man, you're a freak. Stay away from me. I don't want you to pray. I don't want you to pray all that Jesus stuff over me. Get out of my business. You're weird. Come on, we've ever had that? That resistance that we have? Can I give you hope today? It's a reaction. It's a reaction which is cool because it's a response to something. I love it if people don't always accept. I want everyone to accept. But I'm telling you, I love that I get a reaction one way or the other because they've had to listen in order to respond. They've had to listen in order. If I get a negative reaction, at least they've been negative to the truth that I've shared. Everyone with me? And look what Isaiah 55, 11 tells us. It says these words. It says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So here's the thought. You ready? Your responsibility is not the response, but the presentation. What they choose to do with it is on them. What they choose to do, it's their choice. But you are giving them the choice to make. They may be rejecting the gospel and saying, I don't want to be a part. But they're having to hear the gospel in order to reject the gospel. And the Bible says the words that we hear will not Return void. Take a look. Well, I wonder who could have done this. Tell you people one thing. Invite the Grinch. Destroy Christmas. Invite the Grinch. Destroy Christmas. But did anyone listen to me? I did. No. You choose to listen to a little not to be taken seriously girl who hasn't even grown into her nose yet. Cindy, I hope you're very proud of what you've done. If she isn't, I am. I'm glad he took our presents. What? I... Well, I... I'm glad. He's glad. You're glad. You're glad everything is... is gone. (laughs) You're glad that the Grinch virtually wrecked... No, 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 no. Not wrecked. Pulverized Christmas. Is that what I'm hearing from you, Lou? You can't hurt Christmas, Mr. Mayor. Because it isn't about the, the gifts or the contests or the fancy lights. That, that's what Cindy's been trying to tell everyone. And me. He's been trying to tell me. What is wrong with you? This is a child. She's my child. And she happens to be right, by the way. 
Well, I don't need anything more for Christmas than this right here. My family. I don't need more for Christmas than just my family. But what does the enemy want to do? We see in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And many of us just live there. That's the end for many of us. That that's where we live in the hurt and the pain. Yeah, the enemy, I, I can identify with that. But that's not the end. There's just a comma. There's not a period. It's not the end of thought there because God says, but I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. The reason I came was for you. The reason I came, Jesus says, was for me, for you. The reason I came was for the Grinch. It's not looking good. Everything's gone. But really, nothing has gone. I was remembering just the other day as I was preparing this message, I was reminding myself just the other day, we just had woken up in the house and Kelly was in the kitchen. She was making coffees and she was getting everything ready. The kids were waking up. Judah had his iPad out. He likes to watch Ryan. You don't even have to buy your kids toys anymore. They watch kids on the iPad playing with toys. Do you know that? They, get, they watch other kids. And Judah's watching Ryan. This kid's a millionaire now. He, and watching Ryan play toys. There's noise. I think the TV was on. That He's watching YouTube. There's noise in the kitchen. Everything's going. And I'm sitting in the corner with my phone just doing my Bible reading because it was too cold. I like to sit outside, but it was too cold that morning. I'm sitting there reading, and the Bible's reading to me, and there's noise everywhere. And the Bible says, and Judah rose in Israel. All of a sudden, Judah stops and he goes, Dad, they just said my name. They just said, I was like amazed. The noise, he's watching something. Everything's going on. Everything, Dad, they said my name. It's amazing that we think people aren't listening. With all the noise and everything that's going on, we can be convinced that people aren't hearing our lives, that it's a lost cause. It's not looking good. But here's what you've got to be reminded. Are you ready? Your life actually speaks louder than your words. Your life speaks louder and it needs to speak louder in your words. How will you respond? Now what are you going to do? It's not looking good. We reached out and, and it's not. How are you going to respond? I love the story of Paul and Silas when they were in prison. The Bible says the prisoners were listening. They're looking to see our response because when everything's going good, every one of us can be praising God and glory, hallelujah. But when the boss tells you it's not going good, man, they're like leaning in to see what you're going to say now. When you get the doctor's report, it's not good. They're leaning in to see, well, see, let's see how their faith is right now. I had a lady once that said to me, I don't know why my, my husband won't come to church. And I said, well, I can tell you why your husband won't come to church. She said, why? I said, because you don't come to church. She came whenever she felt like it. She wasn't faithful to church. And I said, well, until you show him the passion and the love that you have for God, why is he going to want to desire to come to a place that you don't even desire to be a part of? You see, our lives speak louder than our words. People desire. People want to know the truth. People are living in blindness and darkness today, and we have the truth. People want to know the truth. Take a look. And what happened then? Well, in Whoville, they say that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. And I'm leaking. Oh, Matt. I love you. 
Come on. Max, I'll love you. Look at this statement. We can touch more by accident than on purpose. I believe we need to live our purpose and that's how we touch people. But we can touch more by accident. We, we can be meeting, I can be meeting Renee at the coffee shop and I can be talking to him, but I don't know who's perhaps at the next table beside me. I can go out every day and hope that that person I'm going to touch, I'm going to touch that one, that hairdresser, she's going to come to church. But you know why I'm talking to her? Every other hairdresser and everyone else who's getting their hair cut is in the place. When Jesus reached and he preached, he preached to everyone and he even touched those that didn't like him. The religious leaders who were there and he touched them that we could say by accident because he was after everyone. Don't get me wrong. But what I realize in our lives is this. We need to be realizing that everyone and everything that's around us at every time. That we have the opportunity to bring such hope and such blessing to those around. The Grinch, he doesn't understand what's happening. What's happening to me? I think that's a lot like the forgiveness that God gives to me. I don't understand it all. I don't know why God chose to forgive me. I don't know why He wants to forgive me. I don't fully understand His grace, do you? The forgiveness and the mercy that He gives to each and every one of us. I don't deserve the other chance. Blew the second one a long time ago. I don't deserve that. I find it hard to understand sometimes the love of God and everything that He has for me. But I'm telling you right now, I know it's real. I know His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness, His love is real. Why? Because Jesus can change everything and everyone. The Grinch is no match for His amazing grace. And I love the fact it's not just grace, it's amazing. It's amazing grace that goes beyond what you and I deserve. Take a look. I love the scripture that means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. He's a new person. He's changed. A change has happened. The old life is gone and a new life has been. He doesn't understand it all. He hasn't grasped it all. But he's taken a step in the right direction. The old is gone. The pains, the hurts, the rejections of the past, they're gone. God wants to remove them. God wants to take them. And that's the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel, the reason for the season. That's what we're called to bring. Why? Because there's a Grinch in your world. And or there's a Grinch inside of each and every one of you. Look at these words to Gene from Gene. That may not mean much to you, but it sure will in a second. There was a lady who lived in a neighborhood And she had gone through a lot of hurt and pain. Lost her husband. Didn't have any children. Didn't have any family. Was so alone. With no one to care for her. One day somehow word came that Jean hadn't been paying her bills. Jean hadn't done something. And and they were worried. And finally someone 
went to her door to see what had happened. And when they went to her door, what they discovered was this. Jean was dead. And they were shocked and blown away. But then when they walked into her house, all they saw in her house was on the mantelpiece a Christmas card. One card on the mantelpiece. And when they opened the card, the words inside said, to Jean, from Jean. I, I, I think something like that stirs my heart enough to say, you know what, maybe I need to be inconvenienced. What about that person living next door to me? Are they signing their own Christmas card? Is there no one that cares about them? Their life is gone and no one even notices. The world hasn't even stopped to notice. I wonder how many Jeans. I wonder how many Johns. I wonder how many Phillips. I wonder how many Steves. I wonder how many Grinches, how many people are out there. Oh, we can point the finger and say, well, they deserve that because look what they've done. They're not good people. Oh, man, you weren't good either. It wasn't convenient for God to go to the cross. I'm just saying. It was an intentional plan that he had to fulfill. So what are you saying, Pastor? I believe we've got to be intentional in our walk with Christ. We've got to be intentional with our reach because we never know the hurts and pains that people around us are facing each day. Come on, who's your Grinch? Who's that hard person? Maybe you're the Grinch. What hurts do you have today? Because here's what I'll tell you. If the band can come back, the gospel of love can heal any hurt and can mend any heart. Would you bow your heads all over this place today? Wow, we can find God through a movie. I wonder today if that's you. You've got hurts and pains. But you realize today that God is the hope for your life. That God can mend your heart. That God can give you a new start and fresh hope to your life and to your future. So every head is bowed and every eye is closed in this place. The popcorn was good. The soda and candies was good. But Jesus is the best. Jesus is the best. And I wonder today if there's anyone here that you would say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to surrender my life because I realize today that God loves me. I've never thought of that before. I've never seen it like that before. But I realize today, wow, God loved me. He moved heaven and earth. He made it possible for me to be here, to be a life that was touched and changed Never to be the same. He made it possible for me. I want to pray for you today. Is there anyone today that would lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me? Maybe rededicate in your life. Is there anyone? Is there anyone? There's some hands that's gone up over here. Is there anyone else today that you would say, Pastor, thank you? Is there anyone else? Come on, God. I want my life to mean something. I want to give my life to you. Can we all stand all over this place today?